All right, we're back with another episode of Transfer Thursday. The first one this fall, we're joined by Mitchell Forty, who is handling the transfer portal for us. Mitchell, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Woody. Always good to be on with you. Yeah, so it's been kind of a wild couple of weeks for us as we're trying to sort through all these new rules, guys entering the portal, then they all got kicked out, which was kind of crazy. The NTA came in and said, you know, get out the club. <laughs> so explain to us the rules. Someone wants to leave their team right now. They can't go in the portal, correct? Correct. So the NCAA on August 31st passed the transfer windows, which is something that had been in the works for a little while. Basically, there are going to be two times a year when an athlete can enter the portal. So specifically for football, that's going to be a 45-day window at the end of the fall and then a 15-day window in the spring. Uh, It's 45 days starting the day after postseason selections are made. So that would be starting December 5th and then 15 days, May 1st through May 15th. So kind of towards the end of spring ball. No one else is allowed to enter the portal um, in times other than those, except if a coach gets fired. So like if Nebraska or Arizona State players wanted to enter the portal right now, they could. Everyone else has to wait until the end of the season. And why you saw players getting kind of booted out of the portal was uh, some players had entered between August 31st and this kind of update. And so uh, the NCAA was like, no, no. Uh, remember, we said we're going to do the transfer portal window thing. Get out and you can reenter the portal if you want to leave your team at the end of the season. Yeah. So now we have the awkwardness. It was awkward as is. So players right now, players would say, I'm out of here. They would still be at school. They'd still most times be living in dorms. They'd still be on scholarship. Uh, and then they would enter the portal and they'd be you know, posting pictures of LA Fitness working out on their own because they're not allowed to use the team facilities. Now, if they want to do that, that same thing would happen, except they can't officially enter the portal, so schools can't contact them. So do you think we'll see guys who have plans to enter the portal just go ahead and ride it out and stay on their team throughout the year instead of leaving after four or five games like we've seen in the past? I think so for the most part. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if there's still some players who just have had enough and kind of leave their team or have a disagreement with the coach and leave their team. And then we see them pop up in the portal at the end of the season. But I think the intent of the rule was to make players, uh, you know, stick it out for a current season. You're on a team for a season. You're using a scholarship for a season, uh, you know, finish the season and then kind of make the decision um, and also not have coaches try to have to be recruiting players while their season is going on. So um, I think that we'll see uh, fewer players probably leaving their teams midway through. Yeah, there there were plenty of times, I, I think, back to when uh, Kelly Bryant left after four games and Trevor Lawrence took over. He was, he was trying to preserve a year of eligibility, but then Trevor Lawrence got hurt like two games later. Chase Bryce had to come in and save the day, as, as we famously remember. And then but Bryant was gone. And people were like, well, if he would have stayed, he would have come in and been the guy. So, so I do think there's that. I, the one thing that complicates it for me, though, is that red shirt. If, if a guy plays sparingly in the first four games and he's trying to save a year, yeah, I think it, it, he may change his mind and still leave the team early if he's trying to preserve that year of eligibility, right? Yeah, definitely. You could see some of that. And and also, the, you know, that's also something that, you know, we could see a guy where a guy doesn't necessarily announce he's leaving the portal, but he just kind of comes to an agreement with the coaches like, look, don't play me. I'm trying to redshirt. Um, he may not even necessarily say I'm going to transfer at the end of the season. But you see that. I mean, you see players and their their people, you know, their parents saying like, hey, we're, we're playing into redshirt this season or a coach say we're planning to redshirt you this season. Um, that happens independently of the portal. So, yeah, you could see some guys maybe leave the team if they're trying to not uh, hit that four game mark but i still think overall we'll see fewer players bouncing midway through the season 
So can we get the term load management? Can we get that moved into college football? Like, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder sits down half of their team every year in the NBA to get a higher draft pick. That's how it would work, right? The player would say, hey, I'm trying to keep my year. Rest me. Yeah, kind of. Um, or, yeah, it eventually at a certain point, hey, I'm trying to keep my year, so I'm done. So I'm not get, not going back on the field. So, yeah, it's possible. I, I think, I mean, we, that happens in college football. You see everyone kind of looks out for themselves to a certain extent. And so uh, that, that definitely wouldn't be a totally new thing. So basically every time the NCAA comes up with a, a new rule, we have unintended consequences. Like we have NIL and everyone thinks, okay, well, kid can do a – commercial for the local car dealership and then you have boosters start a giant collective and pay the kid to essentially do nothing and it's you know essentially legalizes what was going on already so people didn't think that would happen and coaches are like oh my god we never saw this coming same with the portal people thought okay people can move freely after the season and then it turned into the four game mark a ton of guys leaving do with this transfer period i mean i'm thinking in december we're talking two three weeks before signing day Coaches are trying to wrap up their class. We're going to have coaching changes. We're going to have probably, you know, 10, 15 jobs changing at that time. Do you think that when they open this window, A, it's going to be madness, and B, could we see this be the end of the early signing period? Uh, Because I think coaches are going to be not liking dealing with transfers, losing players from their team, trying to close out their class and play for a bowl game. Yeah. So to be clear, the, the transfer portal window is something the, the coaches wanted. Right. I think it's good for them because you're not having to constantly like during the season say, oh, we need to bring this transfer in on a visitor, start recruiting him because he's in the portal and we got to monitor that while we're also trying to win games. But I, I do think the calendar as it's currently constructed is going to pose some issues and it's probably going to be need to be changed. I mean, you're going to have coaches trying to prepare for bowl games, which I know, you know, that's kind of a joke at this point. Like no, no one cares about a lot of the non-playoff bowl games but you've got teams in new year six bowls or playoff games in the same boat you're trying to sign a class as you mentioned and now you've got you know it's going to be hundreds of players a day entering the portal i mean it was over a thousand fbs players that transferred this past year so if you can condense that down to you know 60 days total i mean you're, you're literally talking you're talking over 100 kids a day so um and then like you mentioned too that's that's peak coaching change season so i i yeah i think that this, the calendar is going to need to be adjusted um, that, that's probably a, a, a few years down the line or at least a year down the line. But yeah, we're in for some, uh, some wild times this December. Hey, listen, if you work at a media, a college football, uh, like us, if you're like us, you better get your Christmas shopping done before Thanksgiving, because the month of December, I already look, I'm already hating my life just thinking about it. I remember I mean, signing days, four days before Christmas. It's insane. So this is going to be just uh, totally brutal. So, all right, that brings us up to speed on that. We only got a few minutes left before we get to get out of here. But uh, a couple big transfers this week out in the Pac-12, I saw somebody tweet, uh, is, did the portal save the Pac-12? But, I mean, basically half of all quarterbacks are, are transfers this year. Bo Nix and Michael Penix both looked amazing. Penix has looked consistently good. He seems like he's finally healthy. And then Nix, I mean, was almost perfect in that game against BYU. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Pac-12 as a whole really hit the transfer portal hard for quarterbacks, and a lot of them have really paid off. I mean, we didn't even mention, obviously, Caleb Williams, who looks like a contender to win the Heisman Trophy. But yeah, Michael Penix probably had the biggest game of the week this past week, led Washington to that win over Michigan State. Uh, He was 24 of 40 for 397 yards and four touchdowns, Uh, I believe is second in the nation in passing yardage now. So 
Certainly looks like uh, reuniting with Kalen DeBoer, his old offensive coordinator at Indiana, has been a good thing for him. And then Bo Nix, um, you know, there were a lot of people kind of down on him after that season opening uh, loss to Georgia. I think in hindsight, we're just kind of seeing that that's just what Georgia does to people. When he's playing against non-Georgia opponents, he's looked really good. Um, he was 13 of 18 for 222 yards and two touchdowns passing, plus three touchdowns rushing, which was a career high this past week. And I was actually at that game covering it. And I was just impressed that he didn't force anything. And now part of that is probably because Oregon was playing with a lead the whole game and was running the ball really well. So he didn't need to. But I mean, that's kind of been the knock on Bo Nix throughout his career is he's a guy who, who maybe makes some bad decisions because he's trying too hard to make a play. Over the past two games, he's completed almost 76% of his passes, 10 total touchdowns, and zero turnovers. So if Oregon can get that kind of play from him moving forward, uh, there's going to be a lot to like, I think. All right. Pac, the Pac-12 is saved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be sure to follow Mitchell on Twitter. His Twitter handle's right there. And check out our account, Rivals Portal. Not a, it's going to be weird with the news because of all the things we talked about. But, uh, boy, that, get ready for December. Hold your hats. It's going to be crazy. All right, Mitchell, thanks for hanging out. Yep, thanks for having me.